Welcome to Sales Hiring Straight Talk, where sales leaders go for advice, tips, and resources to hire high-performing sales talent. If you find the hiring process challenging or have been disappointed when a hire couldn't sell, you're not alone. Make your sales hiring interviews rock with Sales Hiring Straight Talk. Here are your co-hosts, Jennifer Leak and Suzanne Paling. Here at Sales Hiring Straight Talk, in addition to offering our listeners a system and resources for hiring, Suzanne and I seek to interview noted sales experts as well. Today, we're excited to have William Tincup as our guest. At the intersection of HR and technology, William is the president and editor-at-large of RecruitingDaily.com. He's also the host of several podcasts, including The Use Case, and he serves on the board of directors of organizations like WorkSense and Get Optimal. He's also an in-demand writer and speaker. We're so glad William agreed to join us and share his expertise with you on what we refer to as the most hastily done part of the interview process, the job offer. To quote William, even at this moment, you're still selling this person on the opportunity. Don't fumble. He's here today to offer sound, practical advice for sales leaders who want to improve the job offer they make to in-demand sales candidates. William, thank you so much for joining us today. We're just delighted to have you as our guest. Absolutely. I'm uh, happy to be here. Um, William, when I work with sales leaders, they hire me to help them interview candidates. So they spend money on my services and usually on recruiters. They spend hours interviewing candidates. After all this work, they want to send out kind of a templated, dry job offer that's sort of impersonal. Why do you think that is? Well, I think some of it's um, some of it's probably just bad practice and bad habits. So some of it you could probably chalk up to uh, the the way that you did it, uh, like your father did it or your grandfather did it or your grandmother did it. And so salespeople just kind of get into a rut. If you were to rethink it for sales leaders and say, you're selling you're still selling. You've been working with this person. You want them to join the team. Don't drop the ball on the one yard line. You know, do something special and sell them yet again on the offer letter. Like really, like like this is this is what we do in sales. We want to make sure that we go all the way to proposal. We answer all the objections. We get through the universe of no's, and then we close the deal. I think your work with sales leaders a, is important, but B, I think it's getting them to think, okay, you're selling, even at this moment, you're selling this person on the opportunity. Don't fumble. Just just, just continue and do something special. Do something, I try to think of like, do something memorable. Do something like that's, you know, that, that really would resonate with the person. And so the reason that it's there, I think Suzanne is because people are lazy in general. And I think it's just uh, it's it's a, a, a bad tactic or, or something that we've done in our past, and so we roll it back out and go. Well, this this has worked for the last hundred salespeople that we've hired. Just to continue to do that. But I think if you reframe the discussion for them as, "Hey, this is a sales event. You're still selling. You're just selling a salesperson on the opportunity. What would you like? What would be exciting and memorable to you?" Now, you said that they're lazy. Do you think it also could be that they don't think they're selling? They don't realize they're oh, selling yeah, all the way to the end? So maybe it's, it's, uh, maybe it's a combination of both. So some of it could be busy. And mm-hmm. busy could be misdiagnosed as lazy, right? So they're just they're, they're up against a quota 
or they're up against the end of a quarter or something like that. And so they're they're really just thinking about closing deals and yet they still got to hire. Uh, and so some of it's like they just in this crosshairs of I've got to get a bunch of other things done. Hiring is important, but it's not something I do every day. Uh, it's maybe I'm not even great at it. That's also something you deal with sales leadership. They might be great at sales, but are they great uh, as sales managers, possibly? Are they good at sales hiring, uh, which is a completely different skill set? Mm-hmm. So you got to use different tools to uh, move things through. And so, yeah, lazy is probably kind of a, probably a cheap way of thinking about it. It's, uh, it's probably a combination of busy and, and poor best practices. Well, I think sometimes it's out of their hands, too. They're not the one even making the job off. It's a good point. Good point. And then, and then again, in that case, if it's the recruiter that's going back and making the hiring, uh, the offer letter, et cetera, then they should take ownership of that. Even in that case, again, you're still selling. You, you liked a gal. She went all the way through the process. You really, really, really want to hire her. Why leave that in someone else's hands? I mean, yeah, the recruiter needs to generate the offer letter, but you can still put your stamp of of approval on that and make it a memorable experience for somebody. And again, if you want the person, especially today and with people under the age of 40, I think memorable is is really important. Is is uh, I remember in the the last discussion we had, you talked about your father's sales experience, like weaving that into the offer letter. I think years before that was a uh, nice to have. I think now it's a need to have. And again, with it being in someone else's hands, how can the sales leader help their HR department? Even if they're not using a recruiter, they use their how they help their it, HR it's department. A, it, it's a collaboration. It's the HR department has has a job to do, um, and that's, that goes all the way from what hire to retire, right? So they've got a lot of different things. Some of that's compliance driven, um, and so in talent acquisition goes all the way to onboarding. Well, once you get into the onboarding experience, you want them to have a great onboarding experience. So I think the sales leadership, I think the more proactive and active with HR, get in front of it, talk to the HR leaders, and say. We want to hire the best and the brightest. We want to hire people that are within our values, and we want them to have a fantastic experience. And I think that gets us out of the kind of the old days of let's let's just drop them off at the deep end of the pool and hope that it works out, which is very much kind of the, the sales of my father. And maybe even as I came up, it's like, we didn't give them training. We didn't do anything with them. We just dropped them off and said, here's a phone book, go. We're out of that era. Uh, and thankfully so. So I think the more sales leaders build a bond and build a bridge to HR and then you know figure out collaborative ways to make their experience for the people that they hire just better. And mm-hmm. some of that is reaching across the aisle, right? And, uh, and you, you know this from your own experience, but it's reaching across the aisle and saying, I want to collaborate. I want to make sure that we have great experiences for the people that we hire in sales. Not thinking about the rest of the company right now. I'm just thinking about that's in sales. That's fine. And I think HR will appreciate that. I don't think that they'll see that as an affront. They'll see that as, okay, well, let's collaborate. Well, what would you like to see? Well, I want to, I want to, I want to really up our game and make it a really special event for them because I want to set them off on the right path. So a sales leader in a small organization that maybe is using a recruiter, doesn't have HR people, they need to really provide the information that they've gathered from the interview on why they want to hire the person, right? That's right. right. And if they do have an HR person, you're saying 
partner, collaborate with them and make sure you transfer that information to those people too. I think in both cases, it's a game of collaboration. The deeper and better relationship a sales leader can have with HR, the better. And uh, instead of thinking of, of some of your peers as enemies or uh, some type of blockers, you look at it and say, well, you know, they have a job to do. Their job is different than my job, um, but we can collaborate because I need the best and the brightest for us to be able to hit the numbers we need to hit. Uh, as a leader, I'm responsible for that overall goal. Well, I want to be able to hire those folks. I want to get them on board. I want to get them trained up the right way. I want to get them out in the field and doing the things that they need to do. So how do I do that and kind of ensure success? And, and it's, for sales leaders, I think it's just thinking about all the things that we do in sales that basically create a, a successful sale. You know, so what are, what are the kind of, what is the formula of a successful sale, right? It's building camaraderie. It's, you know, it's listening. It's, there's, you know, you can build it down or break it down into its elements. Well, that's the same thing with HR. So instead of, instead of leaving it in someone else's hands, whether it's a recruiter, staffing firm, hiring manager, uh, HR, or someone else, take a more active role. This is your opportunity to take a more active role and collaborate uh, with all of those different people. William, thank you for joining us today on Sales Hiring Straight Talk. This is part one of a series of interviews with William on the topic of job offers. Follow us on our Sales Hiring Straight Talk LinkedIn page to be alerted when we post our next segment. We're here to be a resource for you. Visit saleshiringstraighttalk.com to listen to more episodes in the growing podcast library. Sales Hiring Straight Talk, so your sales hiring interviews rock.